So you're ready. I'm ready. We are ready. All right, man. Welcome to the Sipping Something podcast. Today I have Cody Albers with me. Cody's a childhood friend of mine. Gosh, we go way back, and we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, before we do, my last two episodes, I kind of forgot, I think, to even bring up what we were drinking, which is funny because that's like what the whole, you know, the name of the podcast is. The Sipping Something podcast. That's a pretty important part. Um, But I am just drinking coffee, actually. Fantastic. Which also, it should be noted, it is 8.30 in the morning here. Cody's in Germany, which is what time? Uh, It's 3.30 in the afternoon here. All right. So what are you drinking? Uh, I would love to tell you what I'm drinking. Uh, It is a Dunkelweiss beer from the... uh, Hold on, my phone's going off. It's a Dunkelweiss beer from the brewery called Erdinger. And um, so I have become a small bit of a beer snob since coming to Germany. Um, right. But Weiss, most beers brewed with like barley and hops, right? I think that's mostly common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Weiss beer is made with wheat. Weiss is, Weizen is like the German word for wheat. So instead of barley, it's brewed with wheat. So it's not like quite as bitter. It's kind of smoother. And uh, it's really bubbly. And uh, I like the Dunkel. That's like the wheat version of a stout, basically. So this is like if Guinness was brewed with wheat instead of barley. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you are you know it. You know <laughs> things. Are you drinking out of a glass? Yeah. Well, this is a big... You can't really tell. This is a massive bottle. This is a half-liter bottle. There's no way I'm going to oh, nice. be chugging All from right. this thing. It's this like, is going to get good. It's the size of my torso, so I'm okay, not going to yeah, drink yeah, yeah. that straight from the So this the is bottle. episode three, dude. Yes. And I actually I listened to your episodes one and two, and you guys did, you did mention what you were drinking. In episode two, you were with that bodybuilder coach. You were just drinking water because he said it was his cutting season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I studied for this. You were drinking scotch, like an, or I think whiskey, maybe something 30 yeah, years bourbon. old. Bourbon, even. Bourbon, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a good one. one. Yeah. Um, but this is episode one of a virtual podcast, which means it could be an absolute nightmare because I have no idea what I'm doing. So we're really leaning on you. <laughs> I'm really good at pretending actually, I know. You're not a guest. You're a co-host today. Oh, How's fantastic. That? All right. A guest um, co-host. Exactly. Also, just a warning. I felt like I needed to sneeze in like the last minute and a half. So be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So like I said, we grew up together. I think... I can't really remember when we met, but I assume it would be like the, I don't know. We were definitely toddlers. And I would say, I would imagine it was through church probably. Our parents went yeah. to the same church perhaps. Yeah. Yes, they did. So one of my earliest, earliest memories, I was, we had just moved to Kansas. I was born in Washington. Uh, we had just moved to Kansas where my mom's from. My earliest memory is meeting a different friend of mine. Uh, you know him. His name's Paul. My oh, yeah, earliest memory Paul. is meeting him at his house. And I feel like that was the, one of the first things we did when we came. Because uh, Paul's cousin was my mom's childhood best friend. And I feel like the second thing we did after moving back was go to church. And that was Lakeside Baptist where you and your family went Yeah. Uh, as well. So I'm, What year I'm, would that be? Do you know? Like 1998. Oh, boy. Yeah. The good old days. Mm-hmm. 
You would have been three and I was two or something like that. Yeah. Did you know what one of my earliest memories with you is? What? Which, by the way, Jeff Chalkley babysat us. Yeah, he did. Which, the people that know Jeff Chalkley know that that's hysterical. The people that don't, <laughs> just just understand that that is hilarious. You're watching two preschoolers every single yeah. day. I would love to be able to see video of that, actually. Like, see where, what, because I don't remember really anything. I remember 9-11. We watched 9-11. Oh, I remember that, too. On yeah, my television at home. I do remember that. Because I pretty sure we thought it was like cool because we didn't oh, understand look, look at this movie this is a cool movie yeah. yeah 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 it was totally like an action and my dad's like no 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 guys <laughs> i remember i remember that vividly too i think we were watching probably dragon tales or something and he oh, switched yeah. it initially i was angry that he switched it and then uh i thought okay well now he's just turning it into a fighting movie with explosions and stuff didn't quite understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. So, I am pumped up to talk to you because you're maybe the world's most interesting man. Like oh, thank the, you. Like the meme, just because I feel like, you know the nobody's perfect, like, you know, that's like a huge... That's Nobody's perfect, which, uh, yeah, there's also... Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, you meant the you saying. Know. You meant the yeah, saying. Yeah, I meant, yes. to, yeah. Okay. But... You're close. <laughs> like, oh, thank it seems you. like I you just know how to but... do everything. You were freaking, the horsepower in your brain is skyrocket. <laughs> I mean, it's just through the roof. And you can, like, pick up any instrument and play it. You can sing. You can do all these things. Ladies, man. Blah, blah. I, in fact, I remember you posted a video maybe last year about, um, oh, no, it was a video of you singing. And I commented and was like, hey, I'd really love to get married sometime, so could you please save some for the rest of <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so before we kind of get into what you're doing now and after high school, kind of, I have a lot of gray areas because I left Silver Lake in sixth and seventh grade when I was mm -hmm. in Missouri. Yeah. And then I lived in Texas for a couple of years in high school. And I remember, like, young elementary years with you where we were super tight and then it kind of just goes gray for me where i don't at some point you were homeschooled right yeah and then you moved away at some point too yeah or am i just making stuff up please no fill, that's please fill that's me all in true because i am dumb that's all I, true i mentioned in episode one that my ignorance was going to bring out be brought out big time and uh, it's, this is really the episode that's going to like, not that, I, it's pretty much brought out every time I open my mouth, but <laughs> talking insane. to you is really going to reveal some things to the oh, people, no. to my 16 no. listeners. Oh, that's 16. That's way higher than I ever got on the podcast I tried to do. I got two and that was oh, yeah, I made me that and up. my co-host. Really, um, <laughs> 14 of them were me looking to see what the views were probably. <laughs> that's sick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. Uh, fifth grade, no, fourth grade, uh, I decided to try to be homeschooled. Because um, you're smarter than all of us. Well, we could talk about this later, but I thought I was smarter than everybody else. And that's generally, it's not the case. It's some unfounded sense of arrogance. But um, 
yeah, I wanted to work ahead and my mom really wanted to see how far she could push me if she, if like, I think that's one benefit of homeschooling, no matter what uh, grade you are or how smart society tells you you are, anyone can benefit from homeschooling for the reason that you get a one-on-one dedicated teacher. Right. And I think anyone in that situation where they have one single person who's pushing them in every subject, that's like, that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, the only downside of homeschooling is like, it's hard to make sure that, uh, you're actually being taught good curriculum. It's hard to make sure that what you're being taught is accurate. Um, and it's also hard to develop social skills if you're not interacting with other kids. But yeah, so fifth grade, I was homeschooled. Sixth grade, I came back, and that's when you went to Texas? Or you went to Texas Missouri. in seventh grade? Missouri, Missouri. was sixth oh. and seventh. Yeah, you guys moved For to Missouri. For my mom's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there was a lot of moving, actually. So And then I, back before starting eighth grade is when I we came back. So from my, Missouri. So Corey, my, my, the brother above me, graduated in Missouri, and then we uh, came okay. back. So coming into my eighth grade year, I started back at Silver Lake. Gotcha. Yeah, so I was, basically I was homeschooled right before you left. And then as soon as I came back to school, you were in Missouri. Mm-hmm. But then you stayed. Yeah. Because I stayed in public school. I missed my friends and I wanted to do sports and stuff like that. Yeah, big time athlete. <laughs> big time I athlete. Mean, a five I foot mean, five foot three, ninety pounds until I graduated like yeah, major athlete, not. I remember when you got into wrestling. Oh and yeah. And I remember because it would have been that would have probably been around that time, right? Eighth grade maybe? Or did you wrestle earlier? Yeah, I think seventh, eighth grade, and even ninth grade I did wrestling. Yeah, and I remember your mom turned into a wrestling mom really quick. Oh, she loved it. She loved every Which minute shocked, of being a wrestling mom. It shocked mom. me. I was like, oh, I didn't expect... And she was like all about it. I mean, she's she's all about your diet and everything. <laughs> my mom is amazing. She is all about anything she decides to do. One time she decided to become a... Uh, middle school cross-country coach and she like coached those kids to a championship just yeah, for awesome. just for fun it's awesome so but you didn't graduate in silver lake no you um went. after sophomore year uh, we moved to indiana my mom got remarried to her high school sweetheart and he was in indiana at the time with his job so we moved there okay so that is why there's great because i went that's when i went to texas would have been the start of my sophomore year yeah if you remember so we kind of broke up then yeah that's when we broke up we Sad said no day, more yeah. being friends no right. if you remember though that summer before i left my family had already moved to go get situated but i wanted one last summer with my friends mm -hmm. and you were in texas you had just gone to texas for the summer so i stayed in your bedroom for a full summer i was living with your family oh because yeah. i wanted to reconnect with my silver lake friends or not reconnect yeah. but have have that last time with them yeah, my, that was like a, my parents didn't talk to me. They had a, you filled the void, man. They were like, <laughs> this dude's better. We Sorry, upgraded. we got a new son. <laughs> we upgraded. And so then. Me and your dad watched so much America's Got Talent. It was like a weekly for... event. We're watching that thing together. He's great. awesome. My <laughs> dad is him. the greatest human. He's um, cool. So you graduated in Indiana. 
Yeah. And then went to college immediately. Yeah. Harvard. <laughs> no. Okay, no, I no. went to a tiny, uh, not well-known state school in Ohio. It's called Bowling Green State University. Um, not to be confused with the University of Western Kentucky, which is in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, but yeah, I went to Bowling Green. Um, I thought I was going to study journalism. Turned out to not be good at that. Um, so I instead decided to study political advocacy and I double majored with German literature and language. Yeah. See, this is the stuff that me and you don't connect on, which is why I'm excited to talk about it. Just because I am clueless. <laughs> well, I don't and use either like, of those degrees. So, well, but still you, you know, German. Yeah. Like, yeah, I speak it. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. I hardly know English, Cody. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, so you graduated from there? Yeah. And then what's next? Uh, so I graduated from there a little bit early, actually, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, from there, I, I was working at Walmart as a customer service manager. So, like, nice. anytime someone is saying... Oh, you won't take my coupon? Let me speak to a manager? That's me who's coming to... You're the Karen. You had to settle the Karens. And you know what? Karens Karens just love me for some reason. I'm, nice. I was... That's why I... I think that's why I got that manager job. I had just I just have a way with uh, irate suburban moms. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that was directly after you graduated. I actually, yeah, I started working there before I graduated. Okay. Um, I was at Walmart for a little while, and I, I just, I really respect people who can make a career out of service industry jobs or a career out of retail jobs. It, mm-hmm. it is brutal. We don't pay them nearly enough. Everyone working at Walmart needs to make double what they make right now because that is, it is a tough job, and there's a lot of stressful things that happen at that job, and you got to keep track of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a stressful job, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me. So that's when I applied for, uh, this nonprofit that's, uh, partners with inner city schools in Boston, New York, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. What? Oh, you're talking three different places. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, oh, this man, nonprofit you just blew my mind. <laughs> I, <laughs> I talked to Drew. Do you know Drew Lamprecht? You remember him? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to him. We were just playing around with this audio equipment, trying to figure it out. And I had to explain to him, I don't know where Washington, D.C. is at. So <laughs> when you just said Boston, New York, San Francisco, I thought you were like, I didn't think it was. Mentioning one, yeah, it one took a minute. city state. Like, Boston's in New York? I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> no. that. <laughs> no, it's in Massachusetts, my friend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, this nonprofit Oof. operates in three cities. I guess maybe they've grown, but um, that's how I got relocated to Boston. Uh, I left Walmart to work at this nonprofit in Boston. And then I stayed in Boston uh, for, I guess, from then until I came to Germany. Okay. So what, what was the nonprofit for? And then what was your goal in or what made you kind of take that route, I guess? Like you didn't, you weren't enjoying the Walmart gig or no okay, I have it wasn't this for you. 
It wasn't. Um, so I have this, I don't know, this need, I guess, to feel like what I'm doing is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think everybody kind of feels like that. Like yeah, whatever you're that's... doing should be important to you or else why are you doing it? Right. And retail just wasn't important to me. Uh, I really respect people who can make it important to them because like I said earlier, they're doing a tough job. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't like it. So I wanted to do something that I cared about. Um, so I applied to this nonprofit that was working in inner city schools, uh, specifically in Boston. I had been to Boston before. I kind of liked the city. I wanted to know more about it. So I applied to the, their branch in Boston and basically what this nonprofit does, they're really cool. I like them a lot. Um, but they, they train a bunch of people on how to be teachers. Um, and then they send them into this inner city school and they run these after school programs, um, where, they partner each of these teachers they partner with like a professional in some field um, for example the first after-school program that I did was teaching fifth graders how to write code so Boston has several big tech firms and um, I was able to get some people who or not me but the you know the nonprofit was able to get some people who work at these big tech firms who are like developers they're software engineers get some of them to come to this school where I was working and teach these kids this skill and since they're software engineers, they probably don't know much about teaching. And that's so my job was to help them make curriculum that could be taught. Um, so they had the expertise on the subject matter and I had the, the teaching skills. And so we kind of worked as a team to like deliver this after school programming. Um, and I did we did a whole bunch like every day was a different uh, after school program. So Monday to Thursday, I was basically teaching four separate classes each, each of those days. Okay. And they were all after school. Yeah. Um, so you... but I was there the entire school day because I also worked as a para at that same school during the day. Okay. So, so you... like a paraprofessional, someone who's just kind of like an extra body in the classroom to help with behavior management or help with like certain mm -hmm. concepts, teaching in small groups. Yeah. So like this is kind of like your humanitarian side, I think. Is that? Can I read a quote that you told me? Sure. This what I wrote this down actually, because I remember. So the last time I saw you was, I feel like it was Carney and Noah Cross's wedding. Yeah, that's probably perhaps. Right. I think that and was the you, last time I was in Kansas. Yeah, you reached out to me, before that, and you were like, "You want to be my plus one?" Or no, you said, <laughs> "I think you said." Uh, did you get invited to the wedding? I said, I'm not sure. I haven't. And you said, well, if not, buckle down. Because <laughs> uh, you're my plus one or something. But you said, yeah. but you were, I was kind of just seeing what you were doing because we had lost touch, I guess. And uh, you said, I spent the last four years complaining about how our country neglects minorities and complaining about the utter failure of the public school system. So now I'm teaching in an inner city public school to maybe shake things up here and be a positive influence to some underprivileged lower class middle school kids. So that's like you kind of putting your money where your mouth is or putting your words into action. Uh, Cause you see like, I mean, if you get on Facebook today, every other post is somebody complaining about something political or 
whatever the case may be and it's freaking it's insane it's in it's insane and yeah. uh it's it's funny to kind of sit back and watch sometimes although it's sad it's sometimes funny just because it's like do you really think you're gonna change that person's mind texting or typing on a screen not it's on probably facebook not gonna you won't i've never no. never once have i seen it happen and so to just see and then and then see the i mean there's morons on both sides that use marginal cases of everything to make any argument and sure. it's it's insane but i guess you go into boston and you're doing starting to work for this nonprofit was kind of like you putting those words into action which is extremely admirable i think anybody would would agree to that well thank you i uh I don't know. I just feel like maybe this is part of my mom's doing because just anytime my mom's interested in something or she believes in something, she goes ham, mm-hmm. like full dives into it. Right. And so I was thinking like, I don't know if I really believe something, then why am I not acting on it? Totally. Uh, and I also, I don't know, had this... Like, right out of college, this is an issue that a lot of people who went to college who I talked to, they they have this, like, feeling of identity crisis because, like, ever since, I guess their whole life has been, like, turning in an assignment. Turning in an assignment. Yeah. Um, whether it's writing a paper, taking a test, whatever it is, your whole life until you're 22 years old, if you go to college, is turning in an assignment. Whereas some of the people who didn't go to college had the benefit of... Once they turned 18, they graduated high school. Okay, now they understand how the world works. Where I had, a lot of us who graduate college, we have no idea how the world works. We're like, okay, what's our next assignment? What's the next thing I have to type? What's the next thing I have to take a test on? What's the next thing I need to know or do? Uh, And so I I needed a new assignment. I was just going to work every day at Walmart. It was repetitive. It was nice to have a routine. but I like I needed I needed an assignment. What's my next assignment? And right. uh, my specific degree in college, uh, studying political advocacy, it's like the assignment was always find an issue in society and then think about ways to fix that issue. Um, you know, right, weigh risks and benefits, like analyze the situation. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of just where I had been conditioned to go next all right i needed a new assignment and i had been taught to try to root out issues in society that maybe need addressing um and then you know i was also arrogant enough to think that i as a one single person could address any of those issues that i saw but to me going to boston was like okay that's my next assignment that's what i got to do yeah because and and that's what's awesome is to me it's like so many people complain about problems but never do they offer a solution well solutions are hard yeah but it's and and complaining's easy like we all it seems like we all have something to complain about um but But if you don't complain you don't find those problems though so complainers they have an important role i think yeah Yeah. they do but i just think that the cool part is you kind of like all right well if i don't like this if i don't agree with it if i think change needs to happen then why don't i go ahead and roll up my sleeves and get to work and that's what's awesome i think 
So, yeah, so that's Boston. Um, and my understanding is that you were not in a great area. Like you, so like, <laughs> so not only did you decide to start working in this public inner city public school system, but you also lived in the same area. So you didn't like, um, not transport. What's the word? I'm looking I didn't commute. commute. No, there's ah, this, there you go. Yeah. I mean, there's this, this issue that bugs me. It's this, it's this idea of a, a of a savior complex where you think like, uh, only I can solve this problem for another community. And I'm going to go in there not knowing anything about that community and solve all of their problems. So I was actually, I was pretty adamant about living in the same community where I wanted to work because if I think that I need to help this community change the school system, whatever that, that help means, obviously it doesn't mean I'm leading anything or organizing anything because there were plenty of organizers, there were plenty of leaders, plenty of super intelligent people already in that community already doing the work. Yeah. Um, but I decided if I want to go there and offer my my two hands to support wherever wherever they can, that I need to be there. I need to know like what's going on in this community. And especially if I'm going to be working with kids, like I need to know what these kids' daily struggles are. I need to know how they live their lives. I need to know like what's happening. I can't just be this savior who goes in without knowing anything and trying mm. to fix things. I mean, the best <laughs> example of uh, when that saviorism complex screws you over is, well, the U.S. and Afghanistan. I feel like that's the most recent example mm -hmm. of that exact mentality. We're going to go somewhere where we don't know anything about. We're going to enforce our point of view, and we're going to try to make things better, whatever we think that means. And I just, I don't like that mindset. Right. So it was important to me that I lived in the same area as I was teaching, and it was important to me that I kind of learned who are the community leaders and how can I help them with the great projects that they already have going on. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I told you, I got a, there's a guy that moved to Topeka and probably, gosh, I don't know. Within the last five years, let's say that maybe okay. seven years, R my years suck. I would just like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I graduated high school two years ago still. And it's, we're moving down the road. So anyways, his name's right. Jonathan and I met him through church. He's a pastor. Um, have you heard of fellowship Bible church? Maybe probably it's been a long time since I lived in Kansas. So I probably knew of right. it when I lived there. Yeah. Well, it's a big church and he kind of planted through fellowship, planted another church in a, in the high crest area in Topeka, which is. Um, I would call it similar to what you're kind of trying to describe. And I think that he has, and I don't want to speak for him, but he has a very similar mentality, I think, as you. And he was telling me his story one time, and I, gosh, he lived in Dallas or Houston or Austin, one of those, um, and was working like a six-figure income job as like an architect or engineer or something, left that job, moved into inter the inner city, was living in like really low income areas where I want to say he told me that like his apartment neighbor above him would flush the toilet and it just would drain into his apartment. Like he's, <laughs> he's in this area, just dives into the area to with the same mentality that you have of like, 
it's really easy to stand outside and preach in. Mm. But how about we actually dive in and show that we genuinely do care, love, that kind of thing. Yeah. And man, what he's done in Topeka has been really awesome just in like him moving into that area and uh, planted a church there. Their, uh, their church plant is like in an old school uh, gymnasium. And cool. he started a nonprofit with... Again, I can't speak for him, but they do all sorts of education stuff for the kids, and um, it's a big deal, and they're building houses, remodeling houses, and then I want to say his plan was or is that people who are coming out of prison or lower spots in life, they're kind of hiring them with trade jobs, so kind of helping people. So it's like full circle. It's not just like, here's your solution for this one problem. Um, Now fix it. Like he it goes full circle in trying to build people up and then kind of staying with them in what I would call discipleship. Well, yeah, but Uh, I feel like the more you look into any given problem and the more you look into trying to find a solution for any given problem, you realize that a majority of society's problems are at least in some way connected so you totally. can't ever just address one issue with one targeted solution for that issue. It's like if you want to fix this issue, you have to root, fix these three other root causes that are in, in and of themselves their own separate issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we need more nonprofits like that, that that address every single ailment of a community, not just not just one or two. So, like, if, if we're working on education, then um, – and that – is specifically focused on keeping kids in school. Uh, a lot of times there's a behavioral issue. You'll kick the kid out of school. And the statistics show that kicking kids out of school makes them more likely to end up in prison. And if somebody is in prison, then they're more likely to go back to prison. And if they've been to prison more than once, then they're less likely to have a job, so more likely to end up homeless, which having no food or income or shelter security means you're more likely to commit crimes so if let's say you just wanted to solve any of those issues that i just mentioned you have to you have to address them all together rather than just one at a time so yeah that's awesome i'd love to meet that guy and learn about his nonprofit. i need to see if he'll come on here because i did absolutely no justice by trying to explain shortly what he does but dude it's it's insane and he sees the big picture of everything on not just like he's not just trying to pour into Highcrest. Like he's pouring into Topeka as a whole because Topeka is his community, and That's uh, cool. he's got a serious heart for people, and it's it's really incredible to watch. Um, but so back to you lived in a pretty dangerous area. Would that be a good <laughs> word? I mean, like, sure. High crime rate. Yeah, I. A high crime rate doesn't always mean that it's a dangerous area. Sometimes the reason there's crime is because uh, there's poverty, and if you're living within the poverty, there's no reason for you to get burgled or have your house broken into, right? Um, other reasons why there's a high crime rate is maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, personal beef that gets escalated. Uh, and then it involves like family members and then there's like this idea of like a family member trying to 
get restitution for a wrong that happened to one of their other family members, right? Or mm-hmm. even gangs. Like, gangs aren't really that much of a thing in Boston anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth there. But there was a little bit of gang violence. But, like, if you don't belong to either of those gangs, you don't really become a victim. Or if mm-hmm. no one in your family or no one who lives with you is, belongs to any of these gangs, you don't become a victim. So I, I guess I lived in an area that did have a high crime rate. Um, there's this neighborhood in Boston called Mattapan. It's also where I taught. And a lot of the people who live there called it Murder Pan because they were upset about the high homicide rates. Um, but I never really... There were only a couple of instances where I was even exposed to any of that crime or violence. And uh, I would say the average person just minding their own business, at least in that area, would have been just fine like I was. Right. So, like, when you say exposed to instances, what can you, I guess, go into that? Sure. Um, So, on on my specific street, there was a few... I guess, break-ins and some violence that happened. One time I was at a bus stop and I saw, like, a group of people jump somebody. Um, but I got the feeling that... So, it was a crazy story. I was standing at a bus stop that is, like, maybe a block or two from my school. I was trying to catch my bus home. Um, and right across the street is a police department. So I saw this guy come out of the police department... And come over to uh, the bus stop. Not the one I was at, but the one going the other direction. Uh, so mm-hmm. he walks out. of the, And then a group of people had been waiting for him. As if they knew he was in the police department. So I don't know if maybe this guy uh, wanted to come clean about some, I don't know, criminal activity. And yeah. other people involved in that activity weren't necessarily pleased with that. And that's why he got jumped. Because they didn't take his wallet. They just beat him up, and then they ran away as soon as cops started coming out. Like, this was right on the steps of the police department. So cops started coming out, and then all the guys involved just kind of ran away. Uh, yeah. So, I like, guess I did see a few instances of, I guess, what people would call stereotypical Mattapan, but I was never really... You, yeah, I was absolutely not, never the target of any of it. Right, right, right. And you're not, and you're not getting involved in that situation. You're, no, you're like, hey, hey, wait, wait, you shouldn't be doing that. Shout across the street, hey guys, let's be nice to each other. Yeah, that's probably not. I don't think they'd care for that much. But nope. I uh, pulled out my phone to call nine one one as the first few officers were coming out of the building to try to break it up. So gotcha. I did literally everything I could, which was nothing. Okay, how long were you in Boston? Uh, like three years. Okay. Did you tell me something about you had to you had to sign a contract, but it couldn't be longer than two or something because of high turnover? Or am I making oh, that yeah, up? Yeah, the nonprofit that I worked for uh, gave out two year contracts to the specific position that I had. Okay. Uh, I only I only did one of those two years. At the end of that one, uh, I left teaching even though I'm teaching again now. But, okay. So what did you yeah. do the other two years in Boston? Uh, I started a design agency. Oh, yeah. This is where it's like you're really turning big time. This is like your... <laughs> I, this is your... We, this is kind of where you... 
this is like something that excites you, right? Like that's why. Yeah, you, yeah, I like love you're it. You're ate up with it, as people would say. I'm what with I it? I don't know. That might not be the right. <laughs> what did you, I just didn't hear. <laughs> I said ate that. up, like A T E up. I'm ate up with. Is it. that a thing? Cool. Did I make that up? Sure. I'm pretty sure. You Why have not? To Google that. It can be a thing. I'm all ate up with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like it consumes all my time, and up. I spend all my time thinking about. Oh, I'm ate, I'm ate up. You could say I'm ate up with it. Yeah. We're gonna make that a thing, even um, if it's not. Urban dictionary. Yeah, we're coining, we're coining a new yeah. phrase. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Like I mentioned, that one of the classes I was running with uh, my students after school in Boston was teaching them how to, teaching fifth graders how to write code. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I really wanted to make sure that I knew the material before helping teach it. So like I dove right into it. Yeah. Um, so I taught myself how to code, just the three easy languages, uh, I guess. Okay, okay. So <laughs> they're not easy, but. If anyone listening to this podcast happens to be a software engineer and they hear that I know HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, they're gonna be like, "Oh Jesus, that's the easiest. Those yeah, are the easiest ones." That. That's what an en- <laughs> yeah, that's what a software engineer would okay. say. Yes, I mean you could teach them to fifth graders. That's that's the point. Caleb, uh, and I'm I probably could probably could. I bet I bet you I could give you some of that curriculum. It helped me out. Um, so we were doing that and I decided, wait a minute, I could do this on the side. Like, so I started while I was still working at the school for this nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, I started spending my evenings and weekends, uh, I guess building a portfolio of like development projects and trying to get some like freelance gigs. And I did, I got some freelance gigs. Um, and in being exposed to like, you know, they were like mom and pop shops that needed a website, like a little restaurant needs a website or this, uh, this, these grandparents are making gift baskets and they want to be able to sell them online. Um, that sort of thing. So that exposed me to the design side of things. So I was like, you know, writing the code to build a website and obviously you have to know what you're going to build. So you have to draw it out or design it. Uh, and I realized that I actually enjoyed the designing better than I enjoyed the development. So I enjoyed the the drawing out what it's going to look like. I enjoyed that a lot better than writing the code to bring those drawings to life. Okay. Um, so I decided to switch, change focus from development to design. Um, and at the end of... Uh, that first school year, I had enough clients that I decided I wanted to focus on that full time. Gotcha. And so, graphic design essentially is that? Yeah, I mean, graphic designers have their own set of skills that I can't touch. So, like, graphic designers could draw you a logo. They could design like a magazine. They mostly do like print stuff, and I'm totally bad at all of that stuff so i super respect graphic designers but i'm not one of them i'm a ui ux designer doesn't mean any those letters don't mean anything other than uh it just means that i focus mostly on apps and websites so layout more yeah okay yeah so like ui user interface that would be the layout and then user experience would be uh a little bit more i guess metaphorical like 
Um, how do we plan this app so that it is easy to use? Navigation. Yeah. Yeah, you could say navigation. Layout yeah. and navigation. That's your... Exactly. Look at me. I mean, I'm good with words, Cody. What can I say? I know the English language <laughs> that's true. pretty well. That's why you got a, that's why you got a podcast. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yep, we'll go with that. Yeah, see? So you spent two years doing that in Boston, which you still do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm still doing that on this side. And then at some point you left Boston and went to Germany, where you're at now. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where in the heck... Does that just pop into your brain or like what's the it seems so random but i promise you it's all connected um so first while i was in college at bowling green i studied abroad for a year in austria they speak german in austria and that's when i decided i wanted to pick up German as a major because I learned it while I was in Austria, became pretty fluent with it, passed the test that said I was fluent. Um, <laughs> you're and shaking how your long, head. how long were you there? I was there for a year. You could learn Dude, any language if you're me. there for a year. You know that? <laughs> you could learn any language <laughs> if you're there for a okay. year. So um, after after I studied abroad, I became that uh, that person who always talked about how often they studied abroad. It was pretty annoying if I, uh, my roommates and I, we put a tally on our, on our whiteboard when I was living in Boston. Like anytime I mentioned studying abroad, we had to put a tally and there was at least, at least one tally daily. Um, so yeah, I was super obsessed with the German language. I wanted to get back over here so I could keep using it. So there's first point of connection. And the second point of connection is, uh, there's this grant called a Fulbright grant where, um, it's basically like an exchange program okay. where the U.S. will send English teachers, they'll send researchers, and they'll send professors over to Germany. And Germany will send German teachers, German professors, and German researchers over to America to spend a year, right? It's like this exchange program. And so while I was working at a school, and while I still thought to myself that teaching was going to be where I wanted my career to go, I applied for this Fulbright grant. And it's a really long, complicated process. It takes about a year for the application process to go through. Um, and there's, it's, it's competitive. There's like 800 or so applications, and they only take 100 or so people. Um, they took 125 this year. But I, I applied for that while I was still teaching. And then I had left teaching by the time I realized that I had gotten the grant. And then the pandemic happened when I was supposed to leave the country. So that got pushed to the end. So, yes, I'm here, and it seems completely unrelated to what I'm doing. Like, why am I teaching English at a high school in Germany if I have a web design business? Mm -hmm. um, but it's because when I was teaching, I applied for it, um, and it just got delayed because of how long the process is and also COVID. When did you move there? Um, the end of August. Oh, so it's only been a few months. Yeah, yeah. It's a one-year program, so next summer I'll be back in the States. Okay. Wow. So you're not wanting to be in Germany for, like, ever? Well, I can't. Uh, my visa says I have to go back at the end of this program. Okay. So... This one-year exchange program. 
So August to August or the end of the school year? Yeah, I showed up early. So it's like, it's generally about a school year. So like 10 months okay. from September to uh, they go to school until July here. Gotcha. So what's that? Are you like a just a regular full-time teacher essentially? No, um, part-time teacher. So the idea of this grant is that um, basically you teach your native language so like for the Germans who go to America, they teach their native language, but they're only allowed to do it part time because they want you to spend the rest of your time going out and enjoying learning about the culture, traveling as much as you can, um, practicing the language and stuff. So I'm only at the school about 12 hours a week. And then I'd spend another probably two to eight hours planning, like doing lesson planning and stuff. So it's really like right at part time hours doing school related stuff. And then I spend the rest of my time doing working on my design business. Ah, uh, so you don't. How what? Do you spend a lot of time going out and seeing things? I guess touristy. I stuff? do. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, I do all sorts of touristy stuff. I love touristy stuff. Um, like I go to um, ancient cities and look at their old churches that have been standing for a thousand mm -hmm. years i uh, like yeah I, I definitely do uh travel like they want me to um and the the beauty of my design business is that it's all virtual so i just bring my laptop with me like i spent um the last week and a half in berlin which is on the other side of the country from where i am um and like i was being a tourist in berlin but i was working a few hours a day from my uh, hostel room on my laptop. Gotcha. Oh my gosh, this is... So, is there many people that speak English? Everybody, everybody speaks oh, English. Geez. See, that's a question I wish I wouldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Every, it's, I mean, I'm embarrassed. Like, they say, uh, so how many languages do you speak, Cody? And I was like, two, English and German. And they're like, oh, Okay. Like kind of like kind of disappointed, like a little bit impressed that I'm an American who can speak a second language, but also disappointed because they learn like three or four in school and are completely fluent in at least three of them by the time they graduate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your face palm. So, do you speak German? Like, okay, let's say you approach somebody at a store or whatever. I'll speak German. Okay. Yeah, but if I spoke English. Uh, they at least know enough to help me out at the store. Do you look like an outsider? Like if you go up to somebody and you start speaking German, are they like, this guy's a clown? Or are they like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Um, it depends. Um, some things, like the things, the small talk, uh, I've got a lot of practice doing like small talk in German. Like, where are you from? Like, what do you do for a living? Like, what do you like to do for fun? Those types of things. I've had a lot of practice mm -hmm. on those. So my accent isn't super strong on those. And I've actually talked to a lot of people who didn't even realize I wasn't German until I started talking about things that I like are beyond small talk. Because as soon as you bring up a complex topic that I haven't practiced saying those words a lot, my American accent comes out like really thick. And then they're like, oh, where are you from? Because cause when we were doing small talk, you had a small accent, right. and now we're doing this talk, and you have a big accent. So I think that's the only time I really stand out. They make also, fun of you. Also, Germans, 
No, not really. I wish they would. But Germans don't wear bummy clothes very much. Like, they don't wear sweatpants to leave the house. And so if I'm wearing sweatpants out in public, they know I'm definitely not a German. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, you're a peasant. Yeah. Exactly. How about you look presentable going out in public, Cody? Exactly. How about you put on a a pair of jeans or lederhosen like a real man? Exactly. What's your favorite part about Germany? Hmm. That's probably... The ancient stuff. Just the ancient stuff. I mean, when the Romans were trying to conquer the world, Mm. their biggest rivals for a time, not always, but for a time, their biggest rivals were Germans who lived north of them. So, like, since before the Romans, there have been people roaming around this area uh, and building things. So I just love going around and seeing all the ancient ancient stuff. Like so, like f- first century. Um, yeah, yeah, some stuff. A lot of it was blown up in World War II, but there are some things that have survived that are just incredibly ancient that are really cool. Okay. Hmm. I want to go to Germany, dude. I I know. I am a wrecking ball of no knowledge. <laughs> I mean it's it's bad. I have I have I am absolutely not cultured in any way. That's something I'd like to work on this year. I one of my one of what my What does that mean to be cultured like, though? I guess no more than what I am raised with seeing maybe. Or not no okay, more but like being exposed to more. Being exposed to more than what yeah, you grew up. Cause with. like, dude. How you, okay. And of course, I didn't grow up. Uh, we weren't rich growing up, so like, family vacations weren't even really much of a thing for me growing up. So like, even the oh, United yeah, States. Same. Like, when I tell you, I don't. I know where Washington D.C. is now, cause I did some studying after looking like a fool on camera. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I couldn't tell you much about anything as far as outside of the lifestyle that Kansans live or Texans live or people in Missouri. I mean, and it's all pretty much the same around here, you know? Like, the Bible Belt is, like... Yeah. There's not a whole lot of differences. And I love differences. That's one thing I like about this podcast is talking to... I want to talk to people that I know, like, right now. Like, I'm learning stuff about... Germany, even though you're really not giving out much information to most people. Most people are like, yeah, this is all just, but for me, like it's all new now. I didn't read a single book. I read one book in yeah. fourth grade called Cabin on Trouble Creek. I'll never forget that. Until Fantastic. I was 18 years old. I, I mean, I, I was not a student. Like, I can't even say I was a bad student because I just wasn't a student. I was a class clown and that's all I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I regret some of that, but... Oh, but I was so jealous. I was so jealous of that. You could make anybody laugh, and I couldn't. I was just reading books, and I didn't know how to make people laugh. And I was like, well, I, how come Caleb's making people laugh? That's not fair. Yeah, but you... I think there's benefits of both. See, like, you're the person that grows up, and you're <laughs> sure. like... Yeah, remember Caleb from high school? He's one of my employees. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of guy you are. So... uh Wow, I, we just went down a path that I don't know where we were in our conversation. But my point was being able to see and experience things that are not my normal is exciting to me. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like one thing that 
I don't know how I feel about resolutions or whatever, but I am hoping to in 22, like travel more just to see like, yeah. and I've been to like Mexico and Nicaragua and stuff like that. And like those places I was going for like short term missions work. So yeah, it was cool to see the actual lifestyle. So like to me, I don't want to go to Cancun because you're not, are you really seeing the lifestyle? Yeah, seeing no, you're Mexico, just seeing a resort or whatever. And that doesn't like, I can get that yeah. anywhere. There's pl- lots of beaches. You can go to great wolf lodge in Kansas city and get the exactly where I want to go somewhere. That's like, I'm in their culture and their lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. Because I see people, even people, I'm not even saying not from the United States, but like there's people that show up in Topeka, Kansas. That's like, they're from New York and it's like, Oh yeah, I could tell. And just like, to see the outsiderness and how people yeah. are treated for one, we, I don't think we do a great job at like welcoming outsiders. And I don't know if that's a, I think that's a, human yeah. Thing. And so I kind of want to be in that maybe uncomfortable, uncomfortable position places of like, Oh, you learn oh, a lot dude. being, being uncomfortable. It's awesome. If you, if you really want to travel, here's what you should do. You should get a list of, keep it manageable, say three countries that are close together. And you might want to start with Europe because most people in Europe speak English. So let's say you choose three countries that are close together. Like, um, we'll say these three countries that are between the Baltic Sea and Russia. You have Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. You could have made all those up. They're really small. I have a clue. Each of these countries... All three of these countries could fit inside the state of Kansas. So it's, oh, okay. it's small, but completely different cultures everywhere. Um, and these also are decently cheap places to travel within. Um, and hostels are great. They're not like hotels. You rent a bed in a giant room. So there's like a bunk. There's like 12 bunk beds, right? So 24 people might be sleeping in this room. But it only costs you like $10 a night. Yeah. So And there's lockers where you can keep your backpack and stuff. So... Um, and you're only there for the night because you're spending the day like exploring the cities where you are, meeting with people who are locals. So you, you go to some place, you get a hostel that's dirt cheap, and most of these hostels have a bar connected mm-hmm. to them. So then you go in the bar and you try to meet some locals. And then you ask the locals, what do you do for fun? Can I join you for the next couple of days? And 100% of the time, people have said yes when I asked them that. Uh, and when I sometimes they're a little bit hesitant, they're like, why do you want to hang out with me? Are you like stalking me or something? I'm like, no, no, no. I just know nothing about your culture and it makes me feel stupid. And I would really love to respectfully be introduced to things that you do on a daily yeah. basis. And when you explain it like that, they're like, okay, cool. Well, tomorrow we're going to the gun range. How about you come shoot some AK-47s right. with us? I was like, yes, yeah, I'm yeah. there. Dude, so that's like one place where I feel like I shine is just because I'm such an, a psycho extrovert. Yeah, you're you're outgoing and you meet uh, people. It drives right? yeah. p- some people nuts. Because like you what you just said if you told that to some of like our introverted friends that that's like a nightmare. Like whoa. Uh, whereas oh, yeah. me I'm like that is, sounds rather normal. <laughs> like I can't go into Walmart yes, without making awesome. a freaking a friend, you know. <laughs> making like what are you going to do with those biscuits you're yeah. buying? You know? <laughs> We're going to have some kind of conversation. <laughs> and so Something yeah. like that just 
sounds so exciting and fun to me. And I work a job where I work. It is. I mean, scheduled. If I take no time off at all, I'm working nine to ten days a month. And so I have like, and I'm not married, but I have like the perfect time right now, I feel like, um, to go out and yeah. do those kind of things. Because there's not much way you should do it. Whatever, so. And if you make if you make Germany one of your uh, countries that you go to when you're doing this little tour that I explained, then you won't even have to spend money on a hostel bed because you could just stay with me. I'll show you what Mannheim looks like. We'll go to Heidelberg, which is like uh, we we could ride our bikes to Heidelberg, which is 45 minutes along the river. It's a beautiful path. And Heidelberg was one of the few cities that didn't get touched during World War II because the Americans knew that they wanted to set up their uh, base there after the end of the war so they didn't bomb it at all and so everything is super ancient like there's this church that's been there since like 800 wow and, like you get a really really cool look at what ancient german culture was like um yeah we could go there visit Dude, it that'd be cool. awesome yeah i think we'd yeah. have a, a lot of fun doing that actually there's castles there's castles in this area that have been standing since like the 600s it's crazy and they're like they're built on top of these mountains, mm -hmm. and I don't even know how they got that much stone up the mountain because that that hike to get up the mountain to the castle just to look at the castle and to have the views from the castle of like the surrounding country like below uh, that hike without any gear just just with a bottle of water is like wipes me out and the fact that people were carrying mm -hmm. like thousands of giant rocks up there to build a castle That's is that crazy. what you were sending me snapchat videos of oh maybe a couple months ago but it was all clouds so you couldn't really see much yeah that wasn't a castle that was just a mountain that i wanted to hike up uh, yeah, yeah they we looked got the same. up there and we were inside of a cloud so there was no <laughs> there was no uh no good view unfortunately oh man i would be upset i mean you get to the top and you're out of breath I and you're like oh this is oh man <laughs> yeah i was i was pretty upset but luckily i'd climbed that one before so i knew what the view looked like that was actually my fourth time on that specific gotcha. mountain man we should do that we should set something up you're gonna be there till what may or june uh i'm gonna stay till the end of july oh, dude. so actually if you come like See, after April, the snow will melt most places. It'll be decently decently mm -hmm. warm. Anytime after yeah. that. So is there a lot of Holocaust stuff there? Like yeah, museums I mean, or whatever you want to call like that? A, every, most cities have uh, some sort of Jewish memorial to commemorate the people who were uh, taken from mm -hmm. that city. Um, and then if you want to see like a one of the encampments um we can we can go see one of those like you too. could tour them there that's really powerful yeah that's like that's one of my bucket list items i think there's a big deal going on at um in kansas city right now um auschwitz is that am i pronouncing that right mr germany mm -hmm. um i it's at union station or whatever in kansas city and it's like okay. a, a I guess they put some sort of, not tourist, exhibit, that's a good word, every X amount of months, and that's the one that's in there right now, and they've extended it like two or three times because it's been such a big hit, and I guess it's, I guess it's pretty incredible. 
Um, and I've been wanting to go and I think it's, it's going to be there till March or something. And that's, I want to make that happen. That kind of stuff is just, yeah. Uh, really, I like to, it's kind of ground shattering because I'm someone who likes to believe that everybody is good. Mm -hmm. And even if somebody does a bad thing, they're acting on what they think at the time are the correct moral choices to make until you go see something like that. And then you're just like confronted with the reality that sometimes evil just exists. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I want to go to Israel too. That's on my bucket list. I've never been, I've never been to Israel. That would be, it would be There's cool. There's some ancient yeah. cool stuff there. But yeah. Again, no idea. I mean, go to China. There's even more ancient stuff as well. Yeah, that would be even more ancient than like. I used to not want really any part of that kind of travel, like international stuff. But I would love to go like as many places as I possibly could now. Just because you can learn so much. Like it's like a real life documentary. It'll turn into an addiction. It'll turn into an addiction. I've been to, uh, I think, 15 or 16 countries Mm -hmm. now. And I'm like... It's not enough. Each time I go somewhere, I learn of two more places that I need to go. I get it. That would happen to me. That's my problem with anything. It's kind of like you were talking about your mom jumps in really hard. Dude. Yeah. I'm like that way bad. Whether, whatever passion I decide to go after, it's just like, we're doing it. And we're like, we're going all in, Um, which is fun. It makes my passions more, I think, exciting for me and, I think it is overwhelming to some of the people around me, but it's what excites me, I guess. So I usually jump in pretty hard. And speaking of that, speaking of passions, so you already mentioned like your um, designing stuff is like something that you really enjoy. And it's cool that that's like monetized for you now. But let's talk about your musical stuff. Because... I know several people, they'll post like a video of them singing or playing guitar or whatever. And then you'll post something and it'll be like 18 different screens of you playing 18 different things and doing 68 different (laughs) things on your keyboard or whatever. And it's like, this dude's making a whole like soundtrack with so many different, and it's, I don't know, that stuff's crazy. But that, I mean, I would assume that's like one of your biggest passions is music. Yeah, so if I'm not, um, I don't travel very often because it's it can sometimes be expensive, but when I do, I do like bursts. So if I'm not traveling, I'm not working either at school or designing, then I'm making music. Actually, you might be able to see my, you can't, but this, this camera can see um, my piano's right behind me, actually. Uh, I love, I love music. Like, it's, it's my yeah. happy place. It's where I find right. peace. And, uh. Just like we said, like when we go into something, we go all in. Like when I I decided um, I wanted to like record a song, I was like, well, the song needs it needs to be more. It can't just be me playing the piano Mm -hmm. and singing. My piano was my first instrument that I learned. I was like, we need drums. How do I get drums on this track? Oh, I guess I better learn how to play drums so I can put that on the track. Yeah, that's crazy. 
so yeah, and I've learned, I've learned quite a few. There's a lot that I'm just really bad at, but I still try. Like the guitar, I've tried so many times to learn, and I'm just still not very good at it. But I'll still record it for a song that I'm working on. And I don't ever expect these songs to be played on the radio. They're just like songs that make me happy. Um, but like sometimes I'll put them on Spotify or I'll put them on uh, TikTok and Instagram. Uh, for You're a TikToker. Yeah, yeah, I'm a TikToker, and it's it's really easy to get sucked in to TikTok for yeah. hours. So actually, I set a parental control on my uh-huh. phone. I'm only allowed to use TikTok for one hour a day, uh, and then and then my phone won't let me access it. Like it takes the app off of my mm-hmm. home screen. I'm not even allowed to open it until I go on my computer and type in my password yeah. a few times. And since I'm too lazy to do all that, once I hit my limit, done. dude. I- I actually did that with all of my social media apps. It's uh, it's made me a lot happier because I'm not spending my whole day comparing myself yeah. to others. Like, especially on music TikTok, there are so many t- people who are f- way more talented than I am at any of the instruments that I try mm-hmm. to play. Like, I'll think, oh, sick! I just played a cool song on the guitar, and then I go on to the guitar part of TikTok, and there's just like people shredding, yeah, uh, just like Jimi Hendrix level of guitar ability i'm like well great now i can never play guitar confidently again because i know that exists so these these limits putting these time limits really helps me out so i can stop comparing myself to other people and just focus right. on what i yeah, enjoy dude, doing social media that's something that i think gets a lot of people down but i'll tell you this i get mad at my guitar every single day for the same reason you just dude i like i'll try to pick it up at night and it's just like I maybe will play for five minutes. I maybe will play for an hour. But almost every time, although I enjoy it while it's going on, almost every time I put it down mad because it's like, this is stupid. <laughs> you know, which that's how I am about yeah. a lot of things, though, is it's just. Well, that's good, though. Like, you're putting it down once it makes you, once it no longer brings mm-hmm. you joy, right? And I think that's the point of, like, having passions is you explore them because they bring you joy and as soon as they stop bringing you joy you stop yeah that's a good point pretty simple yeah. i mean uh i was about to say something and i forgot this happens often i'm sorry welcome to the sipping something podcast i mean <laughs> this is a very <laughs> he's only sipping coffee and he's already yeah. forgetting what he's talking about mm. dude i have no clue that's all right mm. You wanna you wanna check out uh, something else on this list of questions they had for me? Maybe there's something we haven't covered it? yet. Or are you asking me? Yeah. Know. Man, I'm so upset. It was gonna be something important too. It was a, I want, It was when you were talking about music. I don't remember though. Do you do you make money with that stuff? I have earned. Uh, let me check. I think. Over a lifetime, four songs on Spotify. I have earned. Twelve dollars. You can make money on Spotify. Yeah, you earn like, um, like a third of a cent per stream. For real. So, yeah, three streams gives you one cent. Three hundred streams How gives you a dollar. How do you get set dollar. up with that, dude? I've got like um, my last podcast had like six thousand streams. Um. What service do you use to put it on Spotify? RSS or something. 
Check it out. I they made might, that up. By the uh, way. Not six thousand. Oh. That'd be pretty cool though. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I was gonna. That's impressive. But uh, yeah, you could. You should check it out because you can monetize streams on Spotify. Hmm. I did. I've made twelve dollars. I haven't pulled. I haven't withdrawn yeah, that dude, money let it ride. because once it's. I'm gonna let it ride till it's like enough to. In three years, it might be enough to take my girlfriend. Do you have a on girlfriend a date. right now? For real? How yeah. long have you been dating? Um, over two years. She's in Boston right now, but in a few weeks she'll be coming to Germany with me to spend oh, a few so months. Maybe I should come same time as her. We were talking about vacationing. Maybe not. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a small. I, it's a small place. This room is is my place, so it might, it might be do? a bit crowded if you're both here, but. Uh, right now, she works at a modeling agency. She's uh, an assistant booker, so she... Don't look at me like that. Uh, she schedules the models uh, f- for when they need to be at certain photo Dude, shoots. Tell her, you know, single guy. Ugly fireman. He's into uh, <laughs> firefighting stuff. Jesus. Jiu-jitsu and, and mm. people. See what she can drum up for me. Uh, there'll be the, there'll be plenty of plenty of I think they have seven hundred models at her agency. I only need one. Only plenty need of one, fish to see. Yeah, one out of seven hundred. That's probably possible. Wow, this this podcast sure is, is just going. I mean, <laughs> people checked out a long. This podcast I'm over here asking in, for out your relationship. <laughs> it's turned into an online dating. It's turned into an online dating yeah. service. Sipping something and yep, going on dates. Wow. Okay. So, you want to wrap it up? <laughs> sure. That did not... I mean, that was... The last five minutes, ten minutes was just rough. Those poor people, if they're still listening. Bonnie Chocolate's listening, so I mean, I'll bet you, you say that. that. Hey, Bonnie. I love you. You want to say a cuss You word? say that, but you also said that... Uh, no, I, okay, she would I mean, be disappointed in me if I did. Um, <laughs> no, you say that. You say that, but uh, the last two podcasts, you also mentioned. Oh, people tuned out, and I was like, that was the most interesting point for me. I was like, what are they gonna talk about next? And uh, Cody's girlfriend is what the answer to that is gonna She's be. She's great. She's cool. You shouldn't make her look, li- dude. Yeah. Tell your German friends to listen to this podcast, and I can say I have international listeners. Sure. Oh hell yeah! Hey, did you yeah, hear I'll you send it out. Bonnie, My cousins I can't wait live for here in Germany about too. That. that you that said hell yeah. That, that she heard me say I love you. Said hell yeah, yeah. Oh, I did say. Dang, I said hell. As, remember being kids? Hell's in the Bible. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> this is not even customer to the yeah, Bible. Exactly. Also, ass. Also, ass was in yeah, the Bible. Yeah, I mean, we had it figured out as kids, dude. We had the the exactly what are those called loopholes <laughs> yeah there's lots of loopholes that we you had to figure out, out as a child. For sure i mean we knew we knew it all and now i know nothing but dude it's been really fun talking to you i think what likewise do you, you don't do you have a plan after germany Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and I will continue. Uh, my life will be a lot more free because instead of doing 
designing, mm-hmm. teaching, and music. I'll just be doing yeah. designing and music because when I get back, I won't be teaching anymore. So uh, that's my plan is just keep doing what I'm already doing. But when I get back. Boston, though? Yeah, likely you in like Boston. Yeah. Maybe I it's should move so to Boston. Cool. It's like, it's, I, I, they, they got do, a great fire I department. trained with a guy from there. He was like a retired captain or something. He was a straight up gangster. I mean, he saw some fire. In I'm sure life. he was. Boston fire to, firefighters are way more respected than Boston police officers, but don't tell any of my Boston cop I'll friends that know. I said that. They're going to be listening to the podcast, I'm sure. Okay. I'm going to put... I hope, I hope they do. I want you to monetize those streams. Boston's cool, though. It's not so big. It's like not as nearly as big as New York. So it's not so big that it's mm-hmm. unmanageable, but it's also not so small that you're trying to live your life in Silver Lake, Kansas. I love Silver Lake, by the way. I actually kind of miss it. Are you just um, saying that in case anybody's it's, listening from Silver Lake that they won't stop respecting you? No. I mean, you lived in Silver Lake, and I don't think you live in Silver Lake anymore. What? I didn't follow. My point is, so you lived in Silver Lake, right? And now you don't live there. Oh, so. yeah, I moved, moved away about 15 miles. Got out of that place. Yeah, so like... I had enough. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a bad place, but everyone knows that it's a little bit limiting. Like, there's only one Chinese restaurant, and they're only open Bonnie on Fridays Chocolate and works Saturdays, there. as far as I know. No free plugs yeah, on this she podcast, does. by That's, the way. I love that place. Chinese restaurant, I'll be expecting <laughs> yeah, some that, free food for that sponsorship. Anybody listening, you got to try out Silver Lake Chinese. Yeah. They're the best Chinese in the world. What I'm saying is that if you're not drawn to a small town lifestyle, which my mother is, she mm-hmm. loves small towns, and she, that's where she has her joy, and right. I love that for her. Um, if you're not drawn to small towns, then Boston is great because it's not, it's not huge like New York or L.A. or San Francisco. It's small enough that it's still manageable, but it's big enough that it gives you whatever mm-hmm. fix you're yeah. looking for, I guess, if you're looking for something the, bigger. The cool thing goes. about Topeka and silver lake is you can get anywhere pretty quick being so or even just like kansas city i mean which kansas city is not a big city in comparison to the places you you just mentioned but you can do a lot in kansas city really boston takes up less space than kansas city but has more people living there so it's it's not as like sprawling and spread out. So there's there's more people, there's more like shops and restaurants, but they're all a lot mm-hmm. closer together. So it's the same as Kansas City. You can get in New York, you might ride the subway for like 45 minutes mm-hmm. to get anywhere, but in Boston, you know, 20, 30 minutes you can be That's wherever cool. you want to be. Cool, man. Well, I'm proud of you. I think what you're doing, what you're doing is sweet because I think that you actually are living and I think that uh that's a Something that a lot of people can't say. Kind of just like, and I think it's, especially in a small, people that grow up in a small town, they kind of, I think a lot of people settle. I think we're all guilty in some ways, but just the way that you're just like, I mean, you're not pinned down anywhere and you've proved that. And you have a, a love for people, obviously, and I think that's that's really cool. What you're doing, what you're doing. Well, thank cool. you. I appreciate so. that. I appreciate that. I really admire what you're doing. Congrats. I mean, belated congrats on joining the fire department. The last time I saw you, you were applying for it and really yeah. hoping to get in, I think, mm-hmm. to the academy. 
you had been driving an ambulance and were tired of that. Yeah. So congrats yeah, on your success it. as well. That's time. awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep listening to see who you talk to and uh, yeah, how thanks, far you man. go. Well, let's end this thing. <laughs>